Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, D.D. King's Standing in the Spotlight from 1989. Douglas Glenn Colvin was born on September 18, 1952 in Fort Lee, Virginia. His father was in the military, which led to his family relocating to his mother's home country of Germany. In his early teens, Douglas's parents separated. At 15, Douglas, his sister, and his mother relocated to Forest Hills, New York to escape his alcoholic father. It was in New York that Douglas would eventually meet John Cummings, Thomas Erdely, and Jeff Hyman. In early 1974, Cummings and Colvin invited Hyman to join their new band. Douglas Colvin had also adopted a new name for himself, Dee Dee Ramone. The name Ramone was inspired by Paul Ramone, which was a pseudonym that Paul McCartney had used in the 1960s. Dee Dee convinced the other band members to follow suit. John Cummings became Johnny Ramone and Jeff Hyman became Joey Ramone. Here they are talking about their younger days on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. Yes, this really happened. And how did you meet? I mean, how did you start? The other three of us, we lived on the same block together. Uh-huh. We were friends as kids. Mm-hmm. Went to Forest Hills High School. Yes. Yeah. I went to Erasmus. Mr. Sirota. Mr. Sirota, who was he? He was the dean. Oh, the dean. You never the dean. forget the dean. <laughs> he spent a lot of time in his room a lot. Yeah. Look at Dee Dee down here. Yeah, poor Dee Dee. The last guy on the couch, you know, never really gets to, to participate. Dee Dee, how you doing down there? Very jolly today. <laughs> the plan was for Dee Dee to be their lead singer, but they soon realized he couldn't sing and play bass simultaneously. Thomas Erdely was advising the band and encouraged Joey to become the lead singer. So Joey became the lead singer, and the band started auditioning new drummers. One day, nobody showed up, so Erdely got behind the drums, and it quickly became apparent who their drummer should be, and Tommy Ramone was born. The Ramones played their first show on March 30, 1974 at Performance Studios. A new music scene was emerging in New York, most famously happening at CBGB's. The Ramones made their CBGB debut on August 16, 1974, and quickly became regulars. Here's Joey Ramone talking about the early days. And we, we started in 74, like the summer of 74, and, uh, and uh, there was nowhere to play. Like, well, the only place was uh, Max's, and Max's was, uh, you had to have a recording contract to play Max's. So we found uh, CBGB's, like it was uh, just a, a bum bar on the Bowery, and um, nobody, nobody was playing, but like, we, could, we saw that it could become a scene, like we wanted to develop it, make it something, you know. So we started playing for uh, Hilly and the Dog and um, eventually got up to like 700 people a night. And uh. The Ramones would eventually sign with Sire Records and they released their self-titled debut record on April The album was a critical success, but not a commercial success, peaking at number 111 on the Billboard Hot 200. These days, it's considered one of the most influential rock records ever made. Many people consider the Ramones to be the first real punk rock band. 
Though they were highly influential and critical darlings, over the years they continued to struggle with getting commercial success. As of the time of this recording, only two of the band's studio albums have gone gold, and none have gone platinum. For the next decade plus, the Ramones toured relentlessly. The road can be hard, especially if you have a drug problem. And drugs had been a problem in Dee Dee's life since he was a teenager. Here's Dee Dee talking about his reality with drugs. Do you wish you'd never done drugs? Yeah. I don't know why I'm still alive, but then drugs made me what I am. My fan scene is called taking dope, you know? And anybody who thinks about me is going to think about drugs. He was able to get sober off and on over the years. And in 1987, while in rehab, his life took him in a different musical direction. The following is from the bonus footage of the Ramones' End of the Century documentary. That's how I started rapping in uh, the rehab. Everybody called me Doug, Douglas, my real name. And then they called me Dougie Fresh. Hey, Dougie Fresh, you know. And I'd say, who's Dougie Fresh, you know. And they'd say, Dougie Fresh and the Fresh Crew. And I, this is true. What, what I did is pretty soon after my two weeks, I was rapping in there. And I had the human beatboxes, two guys, you know, doing that. And um, I tried to make a rap act in there even. So in 1987, after leaving rehab, Dee Dee recorded a rap single called Funky Man. It was released under the name D.D. King as a 12-inch single on Rock Hotel Records. In December of 1988, the Ramones were recording their 11th studio album, Brain Drain. Dee Dee didn't actually play bass on that record, and would only record some additional vocals, citing that members of the band, including himself, were going through personal troubles and changes to the point that he didn't even want to be in the band anymore. After the band finished their Halfway to Sanity tour in February of 1989, Dee Dee became sober and left the Ramones. Dee Dee Ramone says he's left the seminal New York punk group in an interview with MTV News this past Monday, Dee Dee told us that the Ramones' constant touring has jeopardized his health and his determination to avoid drugs and alcohol. He also said that he'd been hit hard by his recent divorce and that he was very enthusiastic about working full-time with his new rap band, Strength. A Ramones spokesperson was cautiously optimistic that Dee Dee might change his mind, noting that he'd quit the group a number of times before. Then, in March of 1989, Dee Dee King's Standing in the Spotlight was released on Sire Records. What? The album was produced by Daniel Ray. Didi had previously worked with him on the Ramones' Halfway to Sanity and Brain Drain albums. The back of the album says all songs are written by Didi King and Daniel Ray, except Mashed Potato Time. The mashed potato is in the groove. It's gonna make your body move. Make you snap, crackle and pop. I'm the master of hip.
Mashed Potato Time was actually a song originally performed by Dee Dee Sharp, which earned her a gold record in 1962. Both Dee Dee King and Dee Dee Sharp's version have a similar arrangement to the Marvelettes' Please Mr. Postman, which Sharp's version also mentions in the lyrics. Both songs were inspiration for Bobby Boris Pickett's Monster Mash, also in 1962. He did the Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. Dee Dee King's Mashed Potato Time is one of the only songs on Standing in the Spotlight featuring additional musicians, with Spider Middleman on saxophone and backing vocals from Debbie Harry of Blondie. And Harry wasn't the only member of Blondie to appear on the album. Her bandmate Chris Stein contributed some guitar to German Kid, a song featuring lyrics in both English and German. In a 2016 interview with Clairvoyant.com, the album's engineer Greg Gordon said of the Blondie members' involvement, They were so loving toward Dee Dee. They were his friends and wanted to support him. Debbie's vocals took maybe 15 minutes, and Chris played Ride of the Valkyries really slowly over German Kid. I remember him cracking up that it was going to work. We did a crazy remix of that song with a lot of samples from the producers. So we had Dee Dee rapping over Springtime for Hitler. It was so outlandish and it exploded into a German boys' choir, and the label was like, no way are we putting this out. That was the only time where we used traditional hip-hop techniques. Springtime for Hitler and Germany for Poland and While the album was not traditional hip-hop, it was recorded at a studio which came to be referred to as the Abbey Road of hip-hop, Chung King Studios. At that time... Chung King had become one of the industry's top recording studios due to their work with the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and LL Cool J. Perhaps the furthest thing from all of that is commotion in the ocean. I am a surf nut and the surf is up. I'm headed for Sunset Beach. It's not far, not hard to reach where coconuts grow on palm trees. I can smell the breeze, want to ride the waves. I'm all excited about the surfing craze. I packed a picnic lunch. I hope I find a bunch of fun and Baby Doll was a ballad that Dee Dee wrote for his then-wife, Vera Boldis. According to her book, Poisoned Heart, which she wrote under the name Vera Ramon King, when Dee Dee played Baby Doll for her, they both cried.
In the 2016 interview with Clairvoyant.com, producer Daniel Ray said of DD, he would just write down an idea and we'd talk about what kind of song it would be. An angry song or a happy song or a beach song or a ballad. And then I would try to come up with some music that matched the lyrics and we'd put it down on a four track. He would write the lyrics in like 20 minutes and then the music would come together pretty quickly. It wasn't too sophisticated. Even though Dee Dee was officially out of the Ramones, he continued to write songs for them. Joey Ramone reportedly wanted Standing in the Spotlight to be well-received, in hopes that it would help launch him his own solo career. Marky Ramone had taken over drumming duties of the Ramones after Tommy Ramone had left the band in 1978. Then Marky was kicked out of the band in 1983 due to his drinking problem, but returned to the band clean and sober in 1987. In his 2015 book, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, My Life as a Ramone, Marky claims that he was asked to play drums on Standing in the Spotlight, but declined. He said, I prefer to just advise him on the beats to use and quietly take an acknowledgement. I was a rocker, not a rapper. The rest of the Ramones clearly paid attention to the album, particularly The Crusher. In 1995, for their final studio album entitled Adios Amigos, the Ramones re-recorded The Crusher with lead vocals by Dee Dee's replacement, C.J. Ramone. Standing in the Spotlight was a critical and commercial failure. It wasn't long before Dee Dee gave up rap and went back to his punk roots, forming various short-lived projects over the years. I don't think it, it was worth fighting over. It wasn't so good anyway, the album. You know, I, was, I couldn't do rap. I was trying. I don't know how. I'm not good enough to know. I don't, you know, I'm not a Negro or something. I don't know what it is. I just can't do it. I wanted to. When the Ramones decided to call it quits in 1996... Dee Dee even dropped in to sing Love Kills at their final show. On March 18th, 2002, the Ramones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hi, I'm Dee Dee Ramone, and... Uh... I'd like to congratulate myself and thank myself and give myself a big pat on the back. Thank you, Dee Dee. You're very wonderful. I love you. Thank you. Unfortunately, this would be one of Dee Dee's last public appearances. Less than three months later, he was found dead of a heroin overdose. While Dee Dee didn't exactly become a hip-hop legend, he is a rock and roll legend. 
AllMusic.com critic Stephen Thomas Erdelwine said, The Ramones may or may not have invented punk rock, but they were inarguably the most important band in punk history, creating the stylistic prototype that would be followed by countless bands who emerged in their wake. Music historian John Savage wrote that the Ramones' debut album is one of the few records that changed pop forever. Even with all four original members having passed away, the Ramones' legacy continues on stronger than ever. In 2016, Rhino Records released a super deluxe 40th anniversary edition of their self-titled debut, featuring alternate takes, a live concert, and an LP featuring a new mono mix. There have been several Ramones tribute albums, and they've been covered countless times by countless artists, several of which have also taken dramatic turns in musical directions at times, like Mike Love of the Beach Boys, Kiss, and Bad Religion. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. And I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.